Proverbs 29, 18 says, Where there is no vision, the people perish. As we look out across the landscape of churches in our nation today, we can see so many who've lost their vision, who once had a vision, but no longer believe that vision or hold to that vision, or perhaps have changed that vision, and they've been rendered anemic. They're no longer existing today. And so it's good for us to renew our vision and to understand what the vision is that God has for our church so that we won't perish and that we'll prevent others from perishing as well. For those who are guests today, I'm sharing Vision 23. And it's a vision that I believe God has given to our church. Uh, and I've shared that vision with our staff and other leadership in our church. We've been working on something for several months now and we're going to be presenting that to you today. I'll be sharing uh, the platform with Mark Strickland who I'll introduce in just a few moments. But uh, it's a very exciting time in the life of our church. If you're a guest, this is a kind of a one-off Sunday. I'm in the book of First John and going through that in a series of messages. Uh, and I will be for the next several months. So uh, come back next Sunday and you'll hear what we normally do. Because of the length of what we're going to be sharing, I asked Pastor Gabe if he would shorten the music set so that Mark and I would have more time to share with you because of the significance of what we'll be sharing and where we're headed as a church family. In a few moments, I'll get to Ephesians chapter 3, so you might be prepared for that, but it'll be uh, quite a while before I get there. So I want to share several things with you, first of all, by way of introduction. Here's what I believe about us. I believe that we have the right vision. Our vision is to engage all people to experience Christ and to equip them for life. And at the heart of that vision statement is the gospel of Christ. We want people to come to know Christ, to experience Him in that way, but we also want them to grow in their faith, to become committed followers of Christ and learning what it means to live life according to God's way. That means that we experience abundant life, a full life, the life that God has for you. And we do that based upon the gospel of Jesus Christ. I also believe that what I believe about us is that we have the right staff. Uh, we're very blessed to have a long tenured staff uh, for the most part and very excited. You know, these, these people make me look good. I may not be good, but they make me look good. And I'm very happy to have them around me. They give great wisdom and discernment into the direction of our church. So I'm very grateful for them about the leadership of our church, our lay leadership, and how they do the same thing as well and help us. In fact, concerning staff, uh, we just found out recently that our student pastor, Evan Morris, and his wife, Savannah, will be moving here in mid-February. February 19th will be his first Sunday, so our staff will be complete and uh, very excited about our future with him. I'm also very excited about, or I believe what is good about us, is that uh, about our growth. We've grown numerically, but I also believe we've grown deeper and we've grown stronger as a church. And one example of that is in our giving. During the month of December, our requirement was $184,000. You gave $462,000 toward our budget, just, a, just under a half a million dollars for our budget. That's a world record for us. In fact, the year-to-date giving through 2022 was a world record, and we've seen that same thing happen for the last 10 or 12 years anyway, if not 15, that each year we're setting a trend, 
And we're seeing God being faithful. Even through COVID, we set record years in giving uh, because you've been faithful to the vision that God has given this church. And I can't thank you enough. So many churches were hurting during that season, but we were able to continue the work, not just here, but all around the world in supporting our missionaries. Uh, also, in designated giving, we gave another $96,000. That's money that's uh, designated for missions or for something else in the life of our church. Uh, our year-to-date designated giving was over $272,000. So when you add all that up, this church gave $2,833,000 this past year to the Lord's work. And uh, that's an amazing amount of money for our size of church and that uh, God has been so faithful through you and I commend you for that. Uh, what I believe about us is that we're a happy church. If you're a guest, you're not coming to a divided church, a church that, uh, that is fighting over things. You're coming to a happy church, a positive spirit. Uh, nobody has an agenda here, the staff or our lay leadership team. Uh, it's just a, a great time, a great season in the life and has been for many years. And how grateful we are. We can never take that for granted. So what I believe about us is that we're positioned for the next step that God has for our church. But here's what I'm excited about. I'm excited about our future. But in order to understand our future, you need to understand our past. In 1998, we relocated to this church. But when this church began in 1959, the year I was born, the church consisted of 27 people. That's it. And several of those uh, families believed that they needed to build a facility. And so they mortgaged their homes in order to build the first facility on Linwood and Randall by Alma Schroeder Elementary School. And we were there for many, many years until 1998. And God did an amazing thing. Uh, we were in a season where we had three morning services. We had three life group hours. We didn't have any other staff besides me, and we had uh, a need for worship leaders. We had three services. So we asked three different laymen. They weren't going to, I wasn't going to do it. They were going to add three different laymen, and each of them gave up their time and energy in order to lead worship on Sunday mornings. We had to rent out Alma Schroeder Elementary School. We put all of our students and singles there. We only had 25 paid parking spaces at the time, and that was for those who had uh, disabilities, and for guests. We had people parking on the streets in yards. We didn't tell them that we were doing that, but we had people everywhere, and we had a bus that we rented going back and forth between the church and the school, moving people, and it was a crazy time. It was literally a three-ring circus. We had, a, we had a baptistry there where I had to pull down an attic staircase in order to get up on the men's side. And the heating element worked about every other Sunday in that church. I remember one Sunday, it was in between services, and I was rushed. I was running late, talking to people. And I ran up the staircase as fast as I could. And right before I got to the top, I slipped, and my shins hit every one of those rungs on the way down. I left blood in that church uh, over there. I'm telling you, it was a crazy time. But God moved in His people. We were a smaller church, and this project was a $4 million project, which was a lot of money in those days. But God moved in the hearts of our people, and they believed that one day God would do something significant on this piece of property. And God graciously allowed us to purchase this property 
Uh, there's a long story to that, but God was faithful to us. And the perfect location, I mean, think of where this church could have been located, and here's where we are uh, on a major thoroughfare going through our city. It was an exciting time, and God was faithful then. You know, when we remodeled this worship center, we took out all the flooring. And in that day, uh, we, were, uh, we, we were getting ready to put the flooring down, and I told the, the contractor, I said, look, before you put that down, I'm going to have a special meeting of our church family. And so we came up here, and I invited the entire church, and we spread ourselves out throughout this room, and we wrote down a Bible verse on the floor, and we knelt, and we prayed, and we wrote our names down. And right here where I'm standing is where I put my name and my family's name in the Bible verse, and, uh, and I took pictures of several others that had done the same thing. In fact, somebody showed me after the first hour me standing right here giving instruction to our church family doing that very thing. It was, a, it was an amazing time and we were dedicating ourselves and dedicating this building to God's glory that he would use it to further his kingdom. And, uh, and, and so a, a group of people back then, a generation believed, they invested they gave, they sacrificed for a future generation, our generation. And it's time for us to do it again. I'm excited about our future because of God's faithfulness in the past. And God will be faithful in our future. I'm also excited about reaching more people. There is a vast lostness in southeast Missouri. Two-thirds of southeast Missouri does not go to church anywhere. They do not know Christ. And so we have a great opportunity, a great future to reach more people for Christ. I'm excited about discipling more people, children and students and adults. But did you know that we have absolutely no rooms to add one more adult life group class? That's why several years ago we started home life groups. Because we knew this day was coming and so we bought time. We needed to do it back then but we waited while we tried to expand our, our family groups at home that we would uh, get in a position uh, for us to be able to announce what we're announcing today. And God's been faithful to do that. But we know that we need to add more classes here, not just for adults, but for other age groups as well, so we could disciple them. I'm also excited about the growth of our access ministry. You've heard a lot about it in recent days and how we have a, a class for children, adult children with special needs. They meet in the fellowship hall. You know, that room is used for a lot of different things, and it's very hard to do that ministry in that room. But now we've expanded so that we can minister to little children with special needs. And many of you have responded to be a volunteer to help in that ministry as well. But we've got a great future. I'm excited about reaching families. Again, I'll say it. I said it recently. You need to understand the impact this ministry is having when we have adults who come here and they take an adult child with special needs for decades they have not been able to go to church and they walk in there and they leave their adult child in that room and they come in here and sit down it's the first time that they've been together in worship for some in their entire lives and there's a whole community out there just like them who need to be reached with the gospel so I'm excited about our future our church it's not a yuppie church. It's not a senior adult church. It's a multi-generational church. We have all kinds of, of uh, ages here. We have young children who are coming to know Christ. We have babies being born into the life of our church. But young children giving their heart to Christ. And 
Just recently, we had a 90-year-old man give his heart to Christ and became a member of this church family. I mean, the full spectrum. Think of how close he was to eternity without Christ. Well, we have a whole age group of people out there, young and old, who need to know the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm excited about the growth of Linwood Christian Academy. Two years ago, we took the school over with 35 students. We had 95 this fall. We already have about 50 or 60 families that have indicated their interest in our school. We have a vision night coming up very soon in the next week or two. But here are families who are not a part of our school, but they're already showing interest in coming. And so we see that growth. That includes footprints all the way through 8th grade. Now this project will allow us to come together as a church and to position ourselves for the future that God has in the ministries that he's called us to do. But listen, we cannot get behind the eight ball and lose momentum. That happened once to me in ministry, and it took several years to recreate that momentum. We have momentum, and we don't want to lose that momentum that God has given us. But here's what I'm most excited about. I'm most excited about the spiritual journey that you're going to experience as you seek God and you see God provide for you in ways you never thought possible as you commit to what we're going to be proposing to you. I remember in those days when we made that commitment in 1996 and the stories that people told me of how God provided for them. They had no way of knowing how they were going to make the pledge that they had committed to, but God provided for them. And so you're going to experience that, and our church is going to experience it. And listen, it's going to be a witness to our community of who God is and what God is doing through the life of this church. So that's what I'm most excited about. But now I want to help you understand how we're going to get there. And so I'm going to ask Mark Strickland, who is the chairman of our building committee. Listen, Mark has given a lot of time and energy behind the scenes, many, many hours to this project. And so he's going to come and he's going to really get into the details of what we're proposing. So let's welcome Mark Strickland. Good morning, church. Uh, it is exciting. It's an exciting time in Linwood, and uh, we're excited to share with you what we're calling the Master Plan Phase 1. A year ago, the Deacon Council formed the building committee that consisted of Mike Bolin, Debbie Childers, Steve Huggins, Mike Younger, myself, our ministerial staff, and then Lee Jekka, our building and grounds supervisor here at Linwood. And they charged us with uh, the task of, with immediate needs of looking at our fellowship hall, our growing access ministry, adult life group space, uh, maybe a gym or a multi-purpose room. Our LCA needed more classrooms, they needed offices, we all needed storage here, and we needed an enlarged and a functional foyer. So in March and April, we started interviewing uh, architects and master planners who specialized in churches, but also churches with schools. And we selected St. Louis Design Alliance. They've been a great team member and partner to us. And then right away in May, we started having focus group meetings and meeting with ministry groups and doing interviews with those leaders and those who are actually doing the ministry to help put this master plan together. And then in September, they came back and they presented that master plan to the building committee and to uh, the Deacon Council and to our finance committee. And we began looking at it. But let's take a look at what Linwood looks like on a Sunday morning. So if you look in the gray, that's the worship center. That's where we're sitting right now. 
So uh, everything in green on that screen is a kids' ministry. So that's where our preschool's at, uh, all, the, all, the age, all the kids up through sixth grade. The orange is our student ministry, our youth group. Uh, you'll see the purple is where our adult life groups meet, and that's in the upper level over the fellowship hall. Um, and then in the blue is where access ministry meets, and they're in the fellowship hall, which is right beside us here. Uh, if you look at the little yellow dot, that's our... Um, one elevator for the building so that for all the senior adults who are going upstairs who can't do stairs we have an elevator and that's where that's at so what's our church look like on a weekday when lca is going on so everything in red is our footprints which is our preschool ministry and then in blue is uh the school lca and then you'll see the striped spaces and those are our shared spaces they use the the fellowship hall as their cafeteria they use the choir room for the music classes, and then we have the library, which is over behind us, uh, that they use. But if you look, there's, there's really not any space in the building that's open for ministry use during the week when school's going on. So as we met with all those groups and we had those master plan themes, the big thing that came forward was our fellowship, multi-use, large group spaces. We needed that dedicated, designed access ministry space as it, that ministry is continuing to grow. We need that senior adult life group space on our main level where they wouldn't have to go upstairs. Uh, we need more ease of navigation within the building. We need some of that storage space for growing ministries. We need expanded kitchen. Our kitchen is now serving a school two meals a day and then we have ministry groups here at church. Uh, we were looking to enlarge our library and make it more accessible and visible. And then there's talk of a small chapel uh, in the future of the church. So LCA has a master plan or a vision. Their goal is 50 students per grade level. They want three classrooms per grade level in pre-K through the fifth grade. They like to have two classrooms per grade level in their middle school, junior high, the sixth through the eighth grade. And then they... Uh, aspire to have a future high school of 200 students. They want to offer the full range of classes and electives. They want to begin to offer more sports and extracurricular activities. So what does that master plan look like? So as you look, the gray area on the screen is our existing building. The yellow is our phase one addition that we're looking at. Uh, in the red would be a, a future phase, which would be a early childhood kids ministry wing. The blue would be the high school that would wrap around this phase one that we're looking at. And then the purple would be a future chapel there on the front of the building. And then we would be enlarging parking in this area. We'd be infilling with paved parking to get a net growth of parking as we continue to build those phases out. So our phase one will include a gymnasium multipurpose room We'll have a cafeteria commons space. We're going to expand that kitchen. We'll get those adult life group spaces on the main level. We will have a dedicated and designed space for our access ministry. We're going to give LCA classrooms two per grade level up through the fifth grade. And then we're going to get a dedicated classroom for the art and the science. We're going to have a relocated and enlarged library. And then we're going to relocate our offices. We'll have a larger foyer and more security with access into the building. So uh, when you look in yellow, that's the 
uh, phase one addition. So right here will be our new front door, which is, for reference point is basically where the flagpoles are right now. So you'll walk into a new secure vestibule, you open up into a large uh, two-story foyer, but there to each side, this is our admin suite now. So one side will be the school offices, one side will be the church offices. Behind that, you'll see kind of a conference room space, but then you'll notice we put in a nice large staircase to get up to the upper level that you can pass people on when you go up and down. And then we'll have a, a full-size gym and our commons, and then we're adding on to the kitchen. So let's look at that space. Oh, this is the second level. So the second level will have classrooms uh, over the office area. It'll be a two-story addition. So let's uh, dive into it. As I mentioned, we'll come into, this is where the flagpoles are right now. So we'll be building out with that new vestibule, secure vestibule. There'll be a reception window right there. So when you come in for school, uh, the parents, it's very easily accessible. When you come to church, the offices are right there. So we have our admin suite. And then I mentioned those multi-purpose rooms like a conference center behind the offices. Those could be used for life groups, weekly Bible studies, whatever that could be. Um, and then you'll notice, again, that new nice staircase going up to the upstairs. We will be removing this small staircase that's out here in the foyer. Um, for part of the work that's going to happen in the fellowship hall. We are going to add the commons, which will be the cafeteria for the school, with seating for about 220. And then we've got a full-size gym with movable bleachers that will seat 300. And then if we were to actually put tables and chairs in there, it would be about 450. But that's a full-size basketball gym, volleyball court. Uh, and then we're going to have a divider that you can divide it to two smaller basketball courts, volleyball courts, maybe pickleball. Uh, we could have different uh, ministry groups using it. With that divider, you have two different groups using it. During the week, footprints might be on one side, LC on the other. At church, Wednesday nights, kids could be on one side, youth could be on the other. We can have different uh, activities throughout the week. In that, uh, Again, everything that we've looked at with the building committee, we had two filters that we were looking at. One, we wanted everything to be God-honoring. And two, we wanted everything to be multi-use, multi-functional. And mutually beneficial to Linwood and to LCA. We're not just building a school, we're building a facility for the church. So when we go upstairs, you'll notice we've got eight new classrooms. Those classrooms are going to be what I'm going to call a generic classroom, a multi-use classroom. They're not going to be designed specifically for one thing or another. Those classrooms are going to be able to be used by any age group. Most likely LCA will put second through fifth grade up there. But then for a church, if we need to start a new adult life group, we got a room for it. Or if a new children's class or a youth class or whatever uh, Bible study we need to start on Sunday morning, we now have space to do that. And then we'll have that connector, which will go uh, from the new building to our existing building. It'll come through right by the elevator, and that's where we're going to see our new media center. Our new media center is going to be uh, twice the size that it is now. We'll have a science lab up there, and uh, we'll have an art studio. So now you can imagine that uh, your life group is wanting a, an art night. You don't have to go downtown. You can have an art night here at church. So back in the back of the building, when we relocate our offices that currently occupy, the offices will now become our access ministry suite. 
We see that as uh, critical back there because they have their own door. Parking is right beside the door. So those families bringing their loved one in are not going to have to come across the whole parking lot. They can come right into the building. We can uh, design that space for our access ministry. We'll also have some uh, expanded storage back there. And then also as we move the library upstairs, we can now use that as a classroom space. So we have another classroom on the main level. So upstairs in our uh, youth ministry room, we will do an upgrade to that kitchen so that it could double as our life skills or home economics class for LCA, but it also enhanced the opportunity for food at different events that are used in the youth or in the youth uh, ministry room. And then you'll see we've most likely going to remove a, a wall between uh, two classrooms and make a larger classroom space. So what's church going to look like on Sunday morning when we come in? As you'll see, you'll come in through this new uh, front door into a two-story lobby. And right here, you've got your offices. But everything in purple is now adult life group space on the main level. We had no adult life group space on the main level before this. All of the green is continued to be our kids' ministry. We have access is back uh, where the old office suite was. One thing I failed to mention earlier... So you look at the commons as going straight up and down. It's now a connected thoroughfare for the whole building. But when we add on to our kitchen, we're going to add on half as much of space as they currently have. And that kitchen is now going to have a serving window to the commons so they can serve the kids on one side and we can have the fellowship hall could be used for a ministry event on the other side. And we'll reconfigure that with uh, new walk-in refrigeration, new serving windows to both sides so they can serve two events at one time. Again, it goes back to multi-use. Everything here is going to be mutually beneficial. So we go up those stairs, and then we'll be upstairs. Uh, we have eight classrooms that are not going to be designated. They could be used for whatever growth we have in the church for ministry needs. They'll be uh, multi-purpose. Again, the green is our kids' ministry, and the orange is our student ministry. And then we have our the media center is right there in the center of the building. So if you remember back to the master plan as we build on each end beyond this, right in the center is our art, science, and the library. So I've showed you kind of what phase one is going to look like, where the spaces are going to be. Now I'm going to show you what it could look like on the outside. Nope, I'm sorry. That's the next slide. This slide is what does the school look like uh, What's the addition look like when LCA is here? So you see the red is footprints. The blue, we now have those school offices are right at the front door. And then we have the gym and the commons are for their uh, use. And then we go upstairs, and this is the uh, change for LCA, is they're going to now use the youth wing for their middle school, their 6th, 7th, and 8th. Uh, and then we have the other classrooms will be in the blue. And then in the center we have our uh, art room, our science room, and our uh, library. So now I've showed you how the building is going to be used for the church, for LCA, and now I'm going to show you what it might look like from the outside. So that would be the new front entrance with a future drive-up canopy and drop-off. So that's the new front door. And this is, the, this is the same look from a different angle. Those windows on the bottom would be their office suite. Those double windows above would be your classrooms that we talked about. 
And then here would be our view from King's Highway. So, um, so I've showed you where the spaces are, what it could possibly look like on the outside. Well now, what if we were to actually go into this space? So we've now walked into that new secure vestibule. There's that reception window where you might see Chelsea Carver with LCA sitting there, or Lisa Sanders with the church. Now you're gonna walk through into our new uh, two-story vestibule. So our, our next step space is still there. You're not gonna turn and go into the new addition. You'll walk past a welcome center. See those uh, nice wide stairs we were talking about going upstairs? So right here is the, that's the corridor between the gymnasium and the office suite. And now we're going to turn around and we're going to walk into the commons. So the commons would be used uh, for LCA for their cafeteria, seating about 220. But that could also be our Wednesday night uh, meal, could be overflow there. We're now walking from the commons into the gym. You'll see the, the gym there. We have movable seating on one side. Again, uh, we're projecting 300 seats in the movable bleachers, about 450 if we were to set it up for tables and chairs. And so then you'll walk out the back side of the commons, or back side of the gym into the commons. When you walk into the commons, you'll notice those new serving windows from the kitchen uh, to the commons for the school to use. And then those doors on the side are the doors that come right into our fellowship hall. So again, this is a gathering space uh, those windows above is the connector link between the two buildings. So you can, as you walk across, you can look down into the commons. And so now we're going to walk out of the commons back into the, the new addition and walk uh, towards the worship center. So you see, as you walk into the commons, you'll see the, uh, the next step space is still there. You just walked past that welcome center. And now you're looking towards the doors of the worship center. As you look up, we're still keeping the, the, our main part of the lobby just like it is. We have that barrel ceiling there. And now you're looking back into that new expanded foyer entryway that we just added on. Thank you. Well, it's very exciting, isn't it? And we see the main point that Mark is making is that this is a facility that is multi-usage. Uh, We've been talking about a large multi-purpose room that you've seen uh, uh, designed for many years. We know, we've known that that's been a problem for us in a lot of ways before we even had the school. Uh, and then, of course, as I mentioned, adding adult life group classes has been an issue as well. So uh, what, what's going to be the cost of the facility? So let me run through these numbers so you'll know. First of all, the building project itself is $10.6 million. The fees for that will be $770,000 for a total of $11.3 million. Our goal, of course, would be to raise all of it, but in a practical sense, uh, we, we've had a financial consultant that we've hired who's helping us and uh, will help us with the capital campaign in the fall. But, uh, but our goal is to raise $6 million, at least $6 million, 
So we're positioned so that we could borrow $5 million if necessary. Uh, again, we don't want to do that, but you know, I'm not concerned about the size of the project as much as I am the monthly debt service. And so we've spent a lot of time looking at that, and even now we're starting to position ourselves uh, for when that would occur uh, from a budget standpoint. And so, uh, of course, we'll be praying about that. There'll be two years that we have to borrow a little bit more than $5 million while the pledges come in. And then once those pledges come in over that three-year period, we'll refinance the long-term debt of $5 million. If we don't get the, uh, the, the pledge money that we're asking for, then we're going to have to stop the project and see what we need to do. If we have to do any redesigning, then there'll be extra costs for that design fee, and uh, we'll be prepared for that if necessary. But this is a joint recommendation that's coming from the Deacon Council, from the building committee and from the finance committee. So what's the timeline? Well, we're going to do our due diligence. We're going to sharpen this project and we're going to set a foundation so that we can have a successful campaign this fall. So these next two months, there's a lot of work that's going to be going on behind the scenes. And that means that on February 15th, on Wednesday night, we're going to have a business meeting where we're going to go into more detail about the building and about the finances and allow you time to ask questions about the project. And then on the 19th, the following Sunday, we need your vote as a church to move forward. And what that means, we're going to be voting in phases over this uh, project over the next year. And so on February 19th, we're asking you to vote to release $308,000 so that we can do 50% of the design work. The reason we need to do that is at that point, we'll get an estimator to give us an updated cost of the project so that if we need to make adjustments, we're able to before we complete the design work. So in May, we'll see what that number is and then we'll need church approval to move forward with the rest of the design work as we get ready for the bid process. Then in the fall, in the month of October, we're going to have our capital campaign. I'll be doing a, a, a series of messages uh, over four Sundays in October. You're going to be getting a lot of information. Our life groups will be involved in that process as well of, of uh, sharing lessons with you. And uh, then on the last Sunday of October, we're going to have our Commitment Sunday. And we're asking everybody to make a three-year commitment, a three-year pledge to the project. Uh, is it important to have a pledge? It is for planning purposes. We have to know what God is going to provide through his people in order to know whether we move forward or not. And so uh, you'll be praying about that and uh, seeking God about what that commitment would be. Uh, okay, so back to the vote. We're going to be coming to the church and asking for the release of $308,000. We have cash on hand to do that. We won't have to borrow any money that we have uh, more than that, more than enough to cover that cost. We're asking the church to approve the two firms who will do the design work, which is St. Louis Design Alliance, who's done the master plan, and Strickland Engineering. And we're also asking you to uh, allow Mark to be the project manager or the owner's representative for the project. And so uh, that will be in that vote as well. So I've mentioned kind of the timeline of where we're going in November then the church will vote to proceed with construction. We'll have all the data, all the information, we'll know what the bids are, and we're asking you 
will vote on uh, the, who, who has the bid and moving forward. Construction will take about 20 months and we anticipate being in the new building in the summer of 2025. So again, I'm asking you to begin play, uh, praying, planning, uh, preparing for what God would have you give for this project. It's important to realize, though, that God's already at work. I talked about giving in December. We had somebody, I don't know who it was, give us a $60,000 check for this project. And we haven't even gone public. I mean, this was back in December. Uh, but yet God has moved in their heart and believe in the vision that God has for our church. But you need to realize that the building is only a means to a greater purpose and a greater vision. And I want to help you understand what that is. In Ephesians chapter 3, we find these words. I'm not going to preach a message today, but I want you to hear these words. Paul is praying for the church at Ephesus. He says, I pray that he may grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with power through his spirit in the inner man and that the Messiah may dwell in your hearts through faith. I pray that you being rooted and firmly established in love may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the length and width, height and depth of God's love and to know the Messiah's love that surpasses knowledge so you may be filled with the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do above and beyond all that we ask or think according to the power that works in you to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus, notice, to all generations forever and ever. Amen. I want future generations to experience, as Paul says, God's presence, God's power, and God's passion, his love. And I want to tell you a story of how that just happened. Back in October, October 31st, we had our trunk or treat event. And, of course, we had a lot of people here. Well, there was a young family who came, David and Candace, with their five children. And they came, first time they'd been on this property. Uh, they, they, uh, Candace had a church background, David did not. David had not been in church. But they came for the kids, and they signed up to win the, uh, what do you call it, the uh, switch. Yeah, the, the, the video switch game thing. You know, I don't know what it is. And so they won. So they called the church office, and Pastor Nick Dixon met them on a Sunday evening, and they met out in the foyer and explained it all to them and started asking questions. And David looks over in the fellowship hall, and he sees a group of people that are meeting there, and he said, what's going on in there? And they said, well, we're having our anniversary, 15th anniversary for Pastor Kevin and his wife Karen and their family. And he said, we have events on Sunday morning for you know, families, for adults and for children. And then on Wednesday nights, we have a men's group and a women's group. The kids, they have groups for their ages. We have a meal at 5 o'clock, and uh, we'd love for you to come. Well, guess what? They started coming on Wednesday night. He came to the men's group. She came, uh, she came to the women's group. And the kids started coming. And they, uh, the kids loved it. And uh, they got engaged in the church. And then in the men's group, uh, Mark Harper invited him to come to his Saturday morning men's group. And so he started coming. And a few weeks later, David gave his heart to Christ. A few minutes ago, I baptized David. That's why we built this building. 
1996, a group of people felt that God had a future for this church. They believed in the vision that God gave us. David and Candace, I hate to tell the church this, y'all were four and five years old when this happened. <laughs> Little did they know that over 20 years later they would be connected to this church. They saw a building. They came to an event. They saw something happening in a room. What's going on in there? And God worked in their lives. David giving his heart to Christ and Candace recommitting her life. And so now they're actively involved. You know, last Sunday, Access had a meeting for those who wanted to get involved in the buddy system for the children with special needs, and Candace signed up to be a volunteer. Did you know that there are 4,598 children under the age of five in our county? You know, I think 10% of those kids ought to be in our church. Now, don't tell Pastor Nick that. He might quit on me. <laughs> but 20 years from now, Pastor's going to be standing here. And he's going to be talking about a family who recently gave their heart to Christ. And they were four and five years of age, those adults, when a group just like this said, we believe in God's vision for this church. What's the alternative? Without a vision... The people will perish. Without a vision, people will perish. It's an eternal perishment. So I pray that God's people will step up and that we'll follow God's vision. As best we know, this is what we believe it is. And I look forward to what God's going to do through you, his people. Let's bow our head and close our eyes. There might be somebody here today who would say, Pastor, I didn't come today to hear about a building. But you see, it's more than a building. The vision is not about the building. The vision is about God and it's about people. It's about people who need to know Him, to experience Him, and to become equipped for life. And that's how David and Candace got engaged with us and with the Lord. But you might be here and say, I came because I don't have a relationship with God. And I know I need that. I, I, I need to experience God and His love, His presence, His power in my life as Paul prayed for that church. And today, it's my great privilege to invite you to come and to have a relationship with God through Jesus Christ. It means acknowledging that you're a sinner. And that Christ died on the cross to pay the penalty for your sin. And that God raised him from the dead to validate the work that he did on the cross for you. He's alive today and he wants to live in your hearts. And so I pray that you'll come and give your heart to Christ. You may not know what to say or do, but we do and we'll help you. Many in this room know the Lord. But you know the vision is really not about the church. It is, but it's about you. And the vision that God has for you is not all, the end all be all is not about the church. It's about you experiencing Him. And maybe something's in your life that's preventing you from experiencing the fullness of Christ. Again, Paul in that passage talks about the fullness of God. 
He wants you to know Him and experience an abundant life, a fulfilling life, a meaningful life, a life that matters. And that means helping others know Him. So today I pray that you'll have a moment with the Lord. He knows what's going on in your life and in your heart. Ask Him to help you. He'll be faithful to do that. There might be others. God is leading you to become part of our church family. Hey, it's a great time to come to Linwood and be a part of what he's doing here. And we would love for you to be a part of that so that you can grow in your walk with him. There might be others that you need to come and just pray here at the altar. You have a burden on your heart or you want someone to pray for you. You let us know. We'll do that. God, you are so good. You've been so faithful to this church for so many years. And Lord, we know you'll continue to be faithful. But Lord, you're good and faithful to us on a daily basis in our personal lives. Sometimes the enemy clouds that vision that you have for our lives. But Lord, help us to know in those quiet, lonely, dark moments that you are with us. And that your power is within us. And Lord, that we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. Help us not to be discouraged or believe the lies of the enemy. But God, let us love you and serve you. To help others love you and serve you. Help these who need to make commitments now in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you.